What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Central Virginia Sport Performance Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jay DeMeo, and today we welcome back an old friend of CVASP's, an old friend of the podcast, and an old friend of mine. That's the artist formerly known as the rugby strength coach himself, Kirwan Flat. Kay, how you doing, bro? Shalom, Jason. I'm uh, I'm honored to be back with the Flying Jew once again. <laughs> yeah, wow. Doing all right, man. Glad to see you, man. Glad to hear you're doing good and excited to talk about this new little venture second time around uh, yeah. that you've got going here, man. You know, I, I think that as our relationship has grown and, and our careers have progressed, you know, it, it's kind of funny, right? You see all those memes and the weird gifts where people talk about, like, if your friends aren't talking about money and business and advancing, like, you're in mm -hmm. the wrong group of friends. And that seems to be a lot of the driving stuff. I mean, behind typical, you know, locker room and bathroom banter that we have that is like driving the true discussions. Um, so let's dive right into it, man. Let's talk about the course. Let's talk about what you're doing, why you built it, yeah. and really where coaches can can find the big value in it. Well, you know, obviously... I think really clever business people, they have the ability to just go out and look at problems that need solving and audiences that need serving. And they'll just, you know, go out and build products or services to, to solve those problems. And then business people that aren't smart or clever, like me, they just make products and services for themselves to solve problems that they've had. Uh, because it's really, really easy to put yourself in the shoes of a population that you're a part of, right? So that was entirely the rationale for having rugby strength coach, which was, you know, I've spent all this time trying to become a better rugby player, perform better on the field, all that kind of stuff. And then subsequently strength coach network, which was, if you look at the trajectory of my career, it took me two years of eating shit to even get the opportunity to work full time for free. That's how bad of a coach I was. So I really felt shortchanged having spent all that time and uh, money investing in my education to get my degree and then have to go through that to even uh, work for free. So the purpose of Strength Coach Network was to fill those gaps. So it was like, well, what, what is the stuff that makes you a really good coach that builds your career? And the thinking was it was going to be applicable education that actually gets used you know, we, we call it Monday morning education, which is if you learn about this on the weekend, what's the stuff that you're going to be using on Monday? It was going to be the network. So being able to meet and connect with like-minded coaches, bounce your ideas off of them um, and, and develop your philosophy. And then just those little career resources that can often be a little bit of a difference maker when applying for jobs like resume critiques interview prep contract negotiations all that kind of stuff and that's really what the site evolved into however when you look at cancellations it's just the nature of a membership business that you have cancellations the biggest feedback that you get from members is you know i can't afford it or i don't have the money or you know i need a uh, or if, if we if we flip it and say, well, when we when we interview people on the way in, this is what we try to do. We try and interview people on the way out and on the way in. On the way in, you kind of get their ambitions. And on the way out, you get the reasons why you need to improve your product or service, right? 
what they would say on the way in is the same thing, money, but they would also say, I want a higher status job. So all the stuff that I just mentioned to you, the networking, the applicable education, the career advice, stuff like that, that clearly has value to um, coaches' careers. That's why people have signed up for the site, continue to sign up for the site. That's why Justin bought it from me. That's why I sold it to Justin. So there's, there's a lot of value in that, and I believe in it. However, if we look at those two cancellation, uh, the reasons for cancellation, the highest status job, it's just a sad fact that the two biggest driving factors for what kind of job you get in this industry is a function of who likes you and how long you've been in your current job. It's normally, you know, next man on deck. It's not about, I, I can't think of an example from my career. I'm sure you can't think of it where there was a reshuffle. A head coach came in, fired the head guy, and suddenly the number five bumped up. You know, it's very, very rare to leapfrog, leapfrog people in strength and conditioning. It's very, very rare to have a pure meritocracy. It's normally like a next man on deck. So when you look at the, the job side of things, which money goes along with, the higher status your job, the more money you're going to get. When you look at that, it's really, really hard to take that into your own control and drive the results that you want to see. You can't magic your way to being 10, 20 years in a job. You can't magic your way being higher on the, the, the totem pole. Plus, there's this oversubscription within the field where there's just so many coaches going for a limited number of jobs. There's downward wage pressure, and it just means that if 10 doesn't go into one, there's going to be a lot of disappointed coaches, regardless of how well-educated or, or driven or you know how good technicians they are. Conversely, with the money side of things, you know, you can go out tomorrow and start working for yourself tomorrow and be, get, be making money tomorrow. And then you get this market feedback where if you put out products and services that resonate with the market, it's completely up to you just how much you're going to make and how quickly and how big you can, you can grow that operation. So looking at my own career development, my interests, what I'm good at, what I maybe have credibility at. I, I don't think I have much, if any, credibility left as a strength and conditioning coach because I've not done it for three years and it doesn't, it doesn't reflect the day-to-day the -day activities that I do. Um, that was actually a big reason behind selling the site. But if you look at what I do have some credibility in, it's the business side of things, having built a business on the side whilst working as a strength coach, having built up Strength Coach Network and sold it. And then if you look at, you know, what am I interested in? What am I doing day to day? It's exactly that stuff. And I think given all of my experiences and, and what I'm good at right now, I'm actually probably able to serve strength coaches still. They're still my people. You know, I still speak to them all day long. I'm probably able to serve them on a higher level by focusing on that avenue as opposed to just the education stuff in, in general. And I actually think that Justin is better position than me to do so on strength coach network because he has his reputation intact you know he's a phd in his own right and he's he's much better connected than i ever was within within american sport and uh, that's why he's going to dominate north america and uh, embarrass rob pacey well bringing it full circle i think that the big connector in that and what kind of moves us into the idea of the course is that what makes you a better coach doesn't necessarily improve your career. Absolutely not. Sometimes the opposite. Yeah. So let's get into a bit because you, 
you know, you and I have spoken a lot about this. You, you and I have, I mean, not even just the model that you're, you're using and you're, you're sharing with people through the course, but just the general idea of secondary income mm-hmm. as a coach, you know, and how, I mean, really in today's day, like vital it is for you to be a better coach. Yeah. Well, I think there's a, there's a bunch of different reasons. One is that the, the, the worse the wages get, the more you're basically coaching because you love to do it. It's a, it's a vocation. For example, poetry doesn't pay a lot of money, but there's a lot of poets out there because they've decided that's the thing that makes them tick. That's how they want to invest their, their time. Okay. So as the wages go down, it becomes more and more vocational, but unfortunately having a vocation doesn't necessarily put food on the table or have a roof over your head. So that's one reason why people need to work for themselves on the side, in my opinion. Second reason is security. So I know, you know, every strength coach knows colleagues in the field who they can just get fired at the drop of a hat. And it's not even related to performance. It's head coach changes and administrator changes, the budget changes, all that kind of stuff. None of which is under your control and your, your income can just evaporate overnight. So there's this cliche that the business with one customer is run by an idiot, but you're the CEO of you, you sell your labor and expertise to the marketplace and they give you a salary in exchange, but you only have one customer. So the more, uh, sources of income, or at least if you have a secondary source of income, the more customers you have, the more robust you're going to be against those realities. And it's not even like if you are just a really, really good coach and everyone likes you, that you're going to be immune to those realities. Like there's plenty of nice guys out there with plenty of championship rings that have still found themselves in that situation. And even the best paid coaches in our field are not going to last indefinitely. It's not like being a a sport coach and professional sport, you know, this you get these big buyouts. It just doesn't exist for, for strength and conditioning coaches. And then the third reason I think is freedom. So I read a, a phrase recently as I think it's, I'm going to misquote it, but it's basically when persuasion leaves coercion enters. So persuasion is, can I convince you that what I'm suggesting that you do or the action that you take is in your best interest or in our shared interest to do so? If, if you believe that, you know what, he's right, I'm, I'm going to take his advice, I'm going to do what he said, I've persuaded you and we're aligned in that regard. But if I can't persuade you, two things are going to happen. Either you're not going to do it or I'm going to resort to coercion, which is you will do this or else. So I'm basically hanging a sword over you and saying, you will do this or we're going to write you up. We are going to... Uh, sanction you we're gonna dock your pay we're gonna fire you and the fact is the more you are reliant on whoever it is that exerts or exercises coercion over you the less you can resist that coercion most strength coaches that have zero sources of side income if a boss says to them you're fucking gonna do this or else most people will will do as they're told because they know they can't afford to to walk away or to have have um their job taken away from them so that's why we have so many yes men in our field or yes women that's why we have so many sideline clowns that feel they have to play a role is because they know that they don't want to bite the hand that feeds conversely 
if you run this thought experiment in your head and say, okay, I'm in the exact same position professionally now that I'm in, but just imagine you have a hundred K of side income coming in a month. The reason you coach is because you love to do it. And suddenly you've got a coach trying to put their thumb on the scale, tell you what to do, tell you what you're doing wrong. Maybe even do something that you think is immoral, like run a kid to exhaustion when you know the risks. Would you take the same course of action with that 100K a month coming in or whatever the number is that gives you that financial security to, to say no and to resist? I, I think most coaches would say no. Now, it's true that if you you have like this escape velocity number, which is if you make over X per month and your expenses are Y, if X is bigger than Y, you can, you can survive indefinitely by walking away from your job and, and getting fired and stuff like that. But it doesn't mean that you don't have any security or robustness if you're below that. It just means that you don't have an infinite runway. You're just going to have to, you know, come to, uh, come to a change or, or replace that opportunity at some point in the future. It doesn't mean that you don't have any robustness. It does mean, though, if you have no secondary income, nothing coming in, you really don't have a leg to stand on. And I think trying to edge your circumstances closer towards the, the former situation that I've described is much better than the status quo, which is how most people in our field operate. Yeah, basically what you're talking about is the strength and conditioning coach's version of the fire movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and if anyone has ever listened to this or listened to me talk about anything since covid i mean the if you don't understand what fire means it's financial independence retire early and there's different levels to it and different acronyms that go along with it and really what it comes down to is when you can have some form of uh income producing asset of some sort that can subsidize or replace your overall income yeah, you can retire early and there's different aspects to it. There's times where people retire like for a little bit and then go back and do things there. And it doesn't necessarily mean that what you need to do is build a subscription website and build all these things out and do everything that the artist formerly known as the rugby strength coach. That's did. actually level two. <laughs> <laughs> But there is a lot of things that we already possess mm -hmm. and we already do that can be capitalized on. Applied differently, for sure. Yeah. And I think that that's probably the biggest thing with the initial aspect of the experiment that we were running um, opened my eyes to quite a bit. And it has gotten me to look at this differently in a sense where taking a step back after the initial part and looking into some of the resources that we've discussed about has made me take a different um, has made me address how this is going to move forward mm. differently because there are some things that if you can take a step back and look at what people have said and how it's been interpreted and, and repackaged, that you can do some things that can be very helpful, comma, it'll make you a better coach because of it. 
Mm. Well, there's this uh, Warren Buffett quote where he talks about, I'm, I'm a better businessman because I'm an investor and I'm a better investor because I'm a businessman. And for sure, there's stuff that I took from uh, being a self-employed person on the side that made me a better coach and vice versa. I think they absolutely are synergistic skill sets. And I think that in today's day and age in the NIL and now the NCAA talking about actually paying these kids, mm. having these conversations because more often than not, unfortunately, a lot of the other people that they're around are incapable of having these conversations. And I'm not saying that to be rude or mean or whatever. It's just kind of a matter of fact, like that a lot of people in athletics don't look at these other things and they don't have these conversations, you know, and they, they haven't read any of these basic personal finance books, let alone getting into more of the weeds of the actual ins and outs of trying to sell a product, let alone build a product and how you yeah. can do better with that stuff. And I think that at least in my experience, and, and we both know that the, the kids here are a little bit different. Um, that there's been some some really good conversations and connections that have been made because you can speak kind of the the futuristic athletic language, right? The the individual person business that is the world of NIL yeah. um, with them a bit. But, you know, enough of, of all of that stuff. Like, let's really get into, like, the course and money moves and, and what is it, why is it, how is it, and, and why should people get into it? Well, this is they're going to be the third iteration. So there's been two previously. And just because I think I put a bit of pressure on myself to underpromise and overdeliver, I kind of opened the kimono fully and was like, right, this is how I built everything. So you you alluded to, you know, having a subscription-based website, having all these multi-step digital marketing funnels, paid ads, having staff members, all that kind of stuff. So I did lay that out in the first two modules of basically how to, how to try and build it all. And I found out you can't cram that into 10 weeks. And also how to deploy paid ads, how to use systems and technology, how to hire staff and, and so on. These are first world problems that you only actually earn the right to deal with if you first have you know one, two, three years of success, X number of dollars um, coming in uh, per month. And I think a mistake that I made and, and obviously speaking to people on the course and getting feedback is that it's like trying to drink from a fire hose when you try and present that to somebody that's a, a relative novice. So actually simplifying and cutting down and saying, right, how do we make the first $1,000 as fast as possible, as easy as possible? And that's actually the remit or the, the, the task that I've given myself in this third iteration. And that's why I partnered with uh, Train Heroic because being able to piggyback off of their platform, we've now put together a curriculum where coaches can make the first $1,000 in eight weeks or less using nothing but Train Heroic and their own social media. So you don't have to worry about, you know, how do I create a video sales letter or a sales page? How do I host a website? How do I get a domain? How do I write and send um, marketing emails? How do I, you know, all this kind of stuff just simplified it way down and it's it's an eight-week curriculum 
that's basically we talk about how to run a flash sale and base and, and get market feedback. So I would liken it to an oil company. Oil companies don't just go into the desert and start building a rig and, and moving staff in and start pumping. They do a geological survey first. They drill lots of tiny little holes to see where the oil is first, to know that it's worth their time and effort to build all that infrastructure. And the same is true in business. Like once you do find the oil, what's working, what people want to buy, that's when you go to the trouble of building out automated marketing, multi-channel approaches, follow-up, paid ads, all that stuff. But until you get that feedback, you're, you're effectively, or you might be wasting those resources. So you create a little bit of urgency in the form of a flash sale to get that feedback and to quickly test an idea. Then we look at uh, effectively like business fundamentals. So what does a good business look like? What are the important metrics that you need to understand? And then how do you reverse engineer those metrics into how much do you want to take out of that business? Okay, as a result of that, how many sales do you need to make within the next year? As a result of that, how many, you know, at this conversion rate, how many clicks do you need? How many leads do you need? And so on and so on and so on. Then in week three, we go to product, uh, sorry, building an audience. It's much more important to think about who you serve rather than what you make. If you know who it is you serve, what their problems are and how to solve them, you can sell them anything. If you only have a hammer, uh, you just go looking for nails. So having one product to sell, that isn't um, necessarily the approach. You want to concentrate on who you sell to and creating more and more value for them and solving their problems in a more comprehensive manner. Week four is once you've found your audience and you've listened to what they have to say and you've understood them, well, then you need to go out and build a widget to solve that problem for them. People pay a lot more to get out of problems than they do to seek pleasure. Um, the more effective something is at solving a problem, the more valuable it becomes, the more money they exchange uh, for the solution to that problem. So we're thinking about what goes into the design of a product, how it needs to look, how it should be delivered, all that kind of stuff. Then getting into sales. So there are people out there where the stars are aligned, right place, right time, right, right price, everything. And all you have to do is say, hey, do you want to buy this? And they'll say yes. Everybody else needs persuading. So that's basically sales. It's the art of persuasion. How do you convince somebody that the action they're going to take is in their best interest and yours at the same time. You win, I win. That's how good business gets done. Then in week uh, six, it's going to be how to leverage content. So content is just adding a layer above that persuasion. A sales presentation is you have this problem. You are aware of the consequences of this problem and I'm the best solution to it. And let me tell you why I'm the best solution to it. Are you interested? If you spend all your time trying to sell people that aren't necessarily aware that they have a problem or that it's a, a significant enough problem to solve, or they don't even fall into the criteria of your ideal buyer, you've wasted a lot of time and energy. So what you do is, is you create digital clones of yourself to go out there into the world to attract the kind of people that do have that problem and to educate them that the, the nature of the problem they have is sufficiently painful that it does need solving. That's all your content is doing. It's generating need and awareness of your product or service. Then in week seven, it's basically like how you start to go about the brute force approach, which is how do you find more leads? Most people watching this probably have enough followers or connections within their own network right now to do that $1,000 in eight weeks. The, the bar that we ask people to clear is like 1,000 followers across all platforms. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever. But 
if you say, right, I want to make a million bucks and you know that your average lifetime value is a thousand dollars per person, you need to sell a thousand people. So if you average 1% conversion, you need a hundred thousand people to get your message in front of. How do you go from the thousand you have now to reaching a hundred thousand people? And that's how to go out and find leads. So looking at where your audience hangs out, how you need to speak to them, how you get them into your funnel. And then in week eight is basically how to establish the necessary systems to track that, um, to be able to reverse engineer paid ads. So if every customer you bring in makes you $1.50, you know that you can spend easily 50 cents to, to a dollar to, to bring them in. How do you do that? What should the ads look like? How do you track it? How do you ramp it up? All that kind of stuff. And that's what we cover in the eight weeks. And that's the dumbed down version. Correct. It's pretty heavy stuff though, especially for someone who spends all their time reading biomechanics, exercise physiology, and maybe some it's, different programming. I think most people will be able to make the thousand dollars in eight weeks or less just off those first six modules. But there's this, and it's, it's the right thing to do. There's a natural tendency that once you have something that works is to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. So it might not be that you need to exhaust every contact that you've ever made. LinkedIn, I should have said as well. It might be that you've not exhausted every contact that you've ever made to get to that first thousand dollars. But if you repeat that process enough times, you, you will eventually run out of leads. So what I want to do with those last two modules is provide people with uh, a solution to that problem and to be able to keep putting leads um, into their funnel. And of course, there's, I think once people get good at that, then you want to start building in stuff that we're going to talk about in level two, which hasn't been written yet, but we're going to write it, which is most of the lifetime value of doing business with customers comes from uh, repeat business. And to do that, you need a recurring revenue business. And there's a lot more infrastructure and complexity that goes into that. So then let's talk a little bit about the two courses before yeah. success people have seen and why at the end of the day, other than the, it's guaranteed, right? It is guaranteed. So we've, the, we've slightly modified the guarantee because I think I might have uh, <laughs> broken the law before by saying, oh, you know, money back guarantee, like I'll pay you the difference, stuff like that. So the guarantee is if, if you don't make that thousand bucks in eight weeks, I just coach you for, for free personally until you do. So we will, we will get to the promised land eventually. So the promise is that anyone that signs up for this course will not make a net loss. Like you spend a thousand bucks on this course, you're going to get a thousand bucks back. If you don't get it back, just going through the course naturally and applying the materials, you're going to get it back with me holding your hand and, and pushing you along every step of the way. Um, you know, I can show you on screen. If we, if you make me a co-host, I'll show you. So let's uh, pretend some like I'm 45 years old. How would I make <laughs> You go participants. Find me in the participants, right click, and then Roger. Uh, make me a co-host. You got it? Should be. Cool. Let me try. So there we go. You know, if I go down here, 
Now, admittedly, some of these are from uh, me personally coaching people, but a bunch of these people were also through the first course. So, and here we go. So this guy, 329% uh, increase year-to-year -year revenue. This was uh, a bunch of people selling a course that was double, I think, their best month ever. Um, you know, three months up front, course made back, larger clientele than I've ever had, two weeks to make back their investment, 70 sales, 40% conversion on a one-click upsell, seven registrations in a day, you know, the list goes on. So anyone can go to uh, callmecare.com slash money moves. And there's a whole stack of uh, hopefully happy customers. A lot of graphs that go up and to the right. Those are the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> those are the good ones because those are the ones that are telling you that your efforts and your time are not just worth it, but providing dividends and growing and, and becoming something that can be, you know, become more. Yeah. And I think that that's probably the next sort of conversation too, when it comes to like how people can do things better in that sense, because it's, that's another one where people kind of run into walls and, and don't maybe make the best choices. But I think that the biggest thing with all this is that, like, like you said earlier, I, that I can't kind of, I can't, I can't express enough that it's not going out there and buying followers. It's not going out there and doing anything crazy. It's taking what we do and what we have and allowing it to be supportive of our lives. Solve problems. Think, yes. And I think that that's, but even more so the, the, you solving these problems with the things that you already do and the things that you already have and just repurposing it for something else yeah, is allowing individuals to better themselves. And that's important. And, you know, people can say whatever they want about memes and gifts and all that bullshit. But at the end of the day, you're helping a lot of coaches be better for themselves and for their families. And that needs to be commended and people need to check out the site, which is going to be in the notes. Um, and if you're having any thought process at all about it, any hesitation at all about it, um, read through the page, look through the testimonies of people that have done it in as a person who literally has been the, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but for what, like 15 years? Um, We've known each other for 11 now. 11 years. It feels yeah. like 15. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, you know, 11 years, like the simple first aspect of what we did was halfway there. Yeah. And it, it it's pretty awesome, man. And I, I think you got something great. And I'm really glad that we got you on here to talk about it. Uh, but before we get out, but let's make sure again that you just, what's the URL? How can people make sure again so that they can hear it and type it in right now? They can go just callmecare.com, K-E-I-R, or they can go callmecare.com slash money moves, one word. 
Awesome. We'll make sure yeah. again, bro, that that's in the notes. Really appreciate you hopping on and doing this because this is great and uh, appreciate all you're doing to help people, bro. Thank you very much, brother. Appreciate yeah. it. And as always, thank you for everything y'all do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We'll be back next week with another awesome guest. We'll see you then.